0: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Hey, if you're a fellow podcaster, let me tell you about Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. That's right. They're providing podcasters with a flat
1: rate for ad space. So you always know how much you get when you include an ad
0: from Podgo. Apply today and become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's Podgo.co at podgo.co. And let them know the nerd sent
1: you by adding our podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, in the how did you hear about
0: podgo section of the application. Once again, that's podgo.co at podgo.co Nerds, it's time to suit up and nerd up. Launching badass rockabilly track. Now charging up the motherbox to bring back Damon. Time to save the world with some resting, video games, movies, horror, and more. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Amazing Nerd Show. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is the Amazing Nerd Show. Christian, today is a beautiful day. And it's not just because the Snyder Cut has finally been released. Oh no, my friend. It's much more than that. The dark clouds have parted. And I hear angels finally singing once again, I don't want to grow up. I don't want to grow I'm up. am a Toys R Us kid. That's right, oh Christian. <laughs> we got news <laughs> that Toys uh-huh. R Us has new odors and they're starting to open toy stores. Hopefully as soon as the holiday season. I mean, this is Jeez. a big deal as an avid toy collector. I don't really discuss it much on the show, but if you follow us on Instagram, at Amazing Nerd Show, I'm constantly, like, posting my latest purchases, Marvel Legends, Star Wars Black Series, Transformers E-Man. I'm an 80s kid, right? So, But anyway, Uh (laughs) the loss of Toys R Us has just left this, like, huge black hole in the market, you you know, causing us to have to deal with, like, big box stores who barely care enough to keep their shelves stocked. Toys, like, as a hobby this past year with, like, the pandemic and everything has just been, like, fucking booming right now. So, like, and companies are putting out, like, some fantastic lines. But the problem is there's, like, nothing on the pegs. So, like, hopefully Jeffrey and his friends will soon change that. Um, Christian, I can still smell Toys R Us like i like that weird okay. beautiful plasticky kind of feeling when you fucking walk through those doors that's still there man it's ingrained in my dna that's how much i miss toys r us man so All right. i don't know if you were i mean obviously you're a kb kid and there's nothing wrong with that i'm not judging you know but I'm not, a, what? I'm not a KB kid I went to toy store I mean uh, Toys R Us but no I, I went to KB that is cool it's cool but like no man I was always a, a Toys R Us kid so I when I heard the news I fucking popped I was so excited you know, my wife had to calm me down. we It, it sounds like they're <laughs> going to, like, open up small at first, like in, like, malls and stuff and, like, pop-ups, but then hopefully mm. expand, you know, sooner than later. So, I mean, I was just ecstatic. Well, let me ask you this. Have prices gone up in the last year since Toys R Us have closed? Prices have gone up a little, but not, like, significantly. Most of the toy lines that I collect have kind of stayed the same. But yeah, no. So it hasn't been significant. I I don't know what the hell Barbie is doing and everything like that. Um, Uh Although, like you know, all the like you know things that my daughter collects, um, which is actually similar to the stuff that I collect right now. But I mean, (laughs) it's all pretty much stayed the same. So I haven't noticed like a huge jump. It's just really finding the product on the shelves Mm -hmm. it's just been such a pain in the ass um you know a lot of the big box stores to get like you know shelf space and peg you know space you're the the uh, companies are having to give them like exclusives So that's how they're Mm. like, you know, really attracting these stores like, oh, you get this figure exclusively or, you know, hey, Walmart, you get, you know, this line exclusively. So there's been this like war back and forth. And like the problem is, you know, within the store, they treat this stock almost like they're, you know, stocking, you know, the hardware aisle. So it's not a big deal to them, whether or not a toys exclusive, you know, they're just as worried about, you know, the hammers fucking selling out as they are, you know, you know, the latest fucking Star Wars, you know, figures. What Toys R Us does is it caters more to like, you know, the direct market and like collectors, you know, hobbyists. So, you know, Mm -hmm. they obviously care if this line is selling out, you know, they're going to make sure that their product is constantly being like stocked. You know if it's a big seller so it just gives you that freedom you know and that extra option and i feel like those exclusives will soon go away now since you'll have you know hopefully more and more toy stores actually opening because there's not any real freestanding toy stores anymore
1: well yeah i i do apologize for anyone working at toy stores in the future Damon's on his way.
0: (laughs) Oh, there's our army of us, so. (laughs) Uh
1: (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: All right, so this week, we're finally reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we're also reviewing AEW Dynamite's St. Patrick's Day Slam. That's right, and
1: over on Christian's Corner, we'll be talking about the Square Enix Presents event. All right, but before we move
0: on, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, give us a five-star review and DM us a screenshot. Not only will we read it on the show, but we'll send you some amazing nerd show swag. Let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors of Nerdum. We're not mild-mannered reporters, we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, up first, Batgirl and Xantana projects confirmed for HBO Max by Warner Brothers. So yes, last week at AT&T's Investor's presentation, uh, Warner Brothers gave a look at its slate of DC Universe projects arriving over the next few years. Uh, this led them to confirming both the Batgirl film and the Xantana HBO Max series. Uh, last we heard of the Batgirl film, I believe Joss Whedon was attached as director... And then he left because of writer's block. Sure, I guess that happens. Um, And then Christina Hudson was attached uh, as writer. Um, She did Bumblebee and Birds of Prey. Uh, She was working on a screenplay. I don't know if this is the screenplay though um, that's headed to production soon. So there was no real details on that. And then with the Xantana HBO Max series, uh, that was just recently rumored, but I guess it's the real deal, which is good news. Uh, And it makes sense because J.J. Abrams is also working on like a Justice League Dark series for the streaming service. So, I mean, Xantana's usually a big part of that team in the comics. Why not give her her own solo series while you're at it, right? But anyway, this is awesome news, uh, you know, on the DC front, uh, you know, especially the Batgirl film because I'm a huge fan of Batgirl. I mean, Barbara Gordon is one of my favorite DC characters. Uh, Christian, who would you like to see play Batgirl,
1: you know, on the big screen? Well, the first name that came to my mind uh, was Haley Steinfeld, who's going to be playing Hawkeye in the next on uh, the Hawkeye series for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if she could pull off the range for like, um, you know, Barbara P- Port, Barbara Post getting shot. But um, before I man, don't know if
0: they're going there, Christian, you're really like jumping <laughs> the gun. <laughs> no pun intended. I was just
1: trying to think of like how far like the character could go. That would be pretty think. dark well, for like the first uh-huh. couple films. I don't
0: know. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind seeing Karen Gillian as Batgirl. Uh, she might be a little older for the role at this point though i mean depending on like where they you know place the mm-hmm. character timeline wise uh, or what about uh zendaya um, i mean zendaya's definitely
1: got the range i could definitely see that i also really agree with karen gillian um i think she, you know seeing her go from doctor who to nebula um throughout the years i think she could really do a really great barbara but yeah it depends on you know what they want to do age
0: wise Yeah, she's really getting her nerd card punched, right? Yes. (laughs) Has she been in Star Trek? I don't think so. I don't think she was in Star Trek. That's right around the corner. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I I think those two would be a great fit, but I guess Mm -hmm. we'll just have to wait and see. All right, up next, we have some Secret Invasion casting news. Uh, it's being reported by Deadline that Ben Edgeer, sorry if I'm butchering that name. Uh, uh, I guess he was in One Night in Miami, which I have not seen yet. Uh, but anyway, he will start opposite of Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Middleson as the series lead villain. So I'm guessing he's probably a scroll. <laughs> um, there is no current premiere date right now on the Disney Plus series but hopefully it's coming sooner than later. You know, this is a total long shot, but I would love to see the Super Scroll, you know, make its debut in the MCU. Um, It's just a really cool character, uh, especially its power set, which is like, you know, all the Fantastic Fours, but I believe they could just do something like, where it's, you know, all the Avengers, like, you know, kind of like a hodgepodge. It would just be super cinematic, but like I said, I doubt it'll happen in this series. All right, well, it's that time. We have to announce some theatrical delays. All right, so Sony Pictures recently announced that Venom Let There Be Carnage is getting pushed back from its June theatrical release date uh, to September 17th. Uh, This should come as no big surprise as the studios are all reshuffling their schedule right now. Uh, you know, films are getting pushed forward, like A Quiet Place too, and films are getting pushed back like Venom. So it is what it is. Um, speaking of which, uh, the Disney CEO was recently out there saying that, uh, the Black Widow theater run will be a last minute decision, depending on how the theatrical landscape looks in May. It's just crazy to think that's where we're at now, that they're willing to, like, push it to the very last second before they make this, like, hundreds of millions of dollar, like, decision. But I mean, really, I mean, how much more could they possibly even market Black Widow? I mean, we got the first trailer, I believe, like a year and a half ago, if not longer. You
1: know, for me, uh, with delays and stuff like that, I always wonder, like, how much the studios, if they if they even you know, give these editors and stuff more time to work on things, if they do have a delay or if it's like, hey, this is done. We're just holding it off on our own, because I imagine like something like on the level of Venom. Probably has a shit ton of fucking CGI and stuff like that that they could probably do things to polish and change, especially with now what was it till September for release? Like, yeah, you could. I mean, nothing's done until it's out, you know. So why not you know take the opportunity to do more? I just wonder how much these studios are allowing for that stuff to happen but that's just me
0: i mean i would hope so but at the same time time is money so Uh i don't know if they're willing to pay a bunch you know a bunch of effects teams to like you know continuously work around the clock when they're already losing money with all the delays so um but you would like to think that you know they're you know polishing Uh it up (laughs) getting it all nice and ready for us but doubtful It's just too much of the uh, gamer in me where I'm
1: expecting the game studio to be working on it to like the last minute. Up next, we've got more details coming from director Fede Alvarez on the upcoming Texas Chainsaw
0: Massacre film. So Alvarez, in a new interview, uh, confirmed that the new movie is indeed a sequel to the original classic, as previously rumored. Um, Alvarez also dropped that the movie is apparently set many years after the events of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, with Leatherface as a much older man. Uh, Alvarez also noted that the new movie is taking an old school approach with gore being all practical uh, whenever possible. Uh, He's quoted as saying, everything is classic old school gags. A lot of the approach that we had with Evil Dead, never VFX, to do everything on camera. That's what we want. It's a very old school approach to filmmaking. Vintage lenses, it's very similar to the original film. That's all fine and dandy, but, I mean, the story sounds exactly like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Which is a film that completely sucks, so (laughs) I don't know why they're going down this route, but I really don't want to see, like, Leatherface with a fucking, you know, walker and chainsaw running around. I mean, who needs that? Uh, Elvarez is super talented, and I'm sure he'll make it work, but I I just don't get it. Um, No one wants Senior Citizen Leatherface. Like, just go with a fucking fresh start. I wonder if this is just like a reaction to what we got with like Halloween, like 2018, which was also supposed to be a direct sequel. And we had an old ass Michael Myers stalking Haddonfield. I mean, that's exactly what I thought of the story as soon as you brought up, you know, old man. Leatherface was, oh, yeah, this sounds
1: just like um, Michael Myers in the recent Halloween. But, you know, I, I do have some hopes and faith of fede alvarez especially with um all the effects he did in evil dead especially you know what he's saying here with like oh we're focusing on that so maybe it won't just be you know geriatric uh, leatherface <laughs> running around you know i hope that, or or being wheeled around so
0: we'll, we'll see <laughs>
1: Alright, up next Showtime orders pilot episode of vampire series based on the film Let the Right One In.
0: So yes, Deadline is reporting that Showtime has ordered a pilot episode for the beautiful 2008 Swedish vampire film that spawned just an okayish American remake. Um, Deadline details that the series centers on a father, Mark, and his 12-year-old daughter whose lives were changed forever uh, 10 years earlier when his daughter was turned into a vampire. Um, Locked in at the age 12, perhaps forever, Eleanor lives a closed-in life, able to go out only at night while her father does his best to provide her with a minimal amount of human blood Uh, needed to stay alive so it sounds kind of some you know similar to the original film except for the you know relationships obviously being different Um, you know this time being about a father and a daughter Um, the original film is fantastic Uh, definitely check that out Um, and the American remake's okay but it doesn't hold the candle to the original I'll be interested to see if this actually gets greenlit to become a series because I feel like it has a lot of potential to be a great show. I mean, it's such a haunting, sad story. Should be right up your alley, Christian. Yes, it shall remind me of my childhood, Damon. All right, Christian, the time has finally arrived after years of controversy and campaigning. Zack Snyder's Justice League is finally here. Warning, spoiler alert.
1: Spoilers for Zack Snyder's Justice League ahead. You have been warned.
0: And now, our feature presentation.
1: So begins the end... ...for Darkseid. I've never seen a being this strong. Maybe one. Determined to ensure Superman's ultimate sacrifice was not in vain, Bruce Wayne aligns with Wonder Woman with plans to recruit a team of metahumans to protect the world from an approaching threat of catastrophic proportions. This was directed and written by Zack Snyder along with Chris Terrio, and starring Henry Cavill, Ben Affleck,
0: and Gal Gadot. So Zack Snyder's Justice League is the director's vision finally realized in a four hour epic fucking marathon. And I've got to say, it was pretty damn good. It's not only like a complete level up from the theatrical release of the film, But also a level up to all the other Snyder DC films, in my opinion. Which, I mean, if you listen to the show, you know already that I wasn't, you know, a big fan of, to say the least. I mean, from like the cinematography and the CGI to the score and the action sequences, Snyder was really able to like reclaim his film. And, you know, through different cuts and extended scenes, he fleshed out not only the story so it was much more, like, cohesive, but also the characters so we understand their motives and we actually, like, give a shit about them. Novel idea, right? I mean, so many of, like, those, uh, like, horrible plot holes in the theatrical version just disappeared or were explained because of, like, editing and restoring the original scenes. This was the just. Justice League film fans of, like, you know, Snyder, or just fans in general, deserved. Is it the perfect film? Hell fucking no. It's four hours long. I mean, it's overindulgent to the gills. But as a standalone event, was it entertaining? Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. This on many levels was an improvement on the original film getting much-needed explanations to major scenes and moments that simply just resonate better for me. Um, for example, seeing Lois Lane's grief visiting the Superman statue each day and then being there for his return on her own accord has so much more emotional weight and is a great payoff instead of you know her just pl- being Plan B in Batman's arsenal. It's moments like these, peppered throughout, that, as Damon says, make you care for each character more. My biggest drawback I guess was all the like long drawn out scenes with slow motion used throughout the beginning of the film which caused like the pace to drag for me, especially knowing that I was in for a four hour journey. I just feel not enough was happening in those moments to warrant so many hanging shots at every turn, but that's just me overall. I was happy with the finished product.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely quite a few of those scenes where it felt like every character was getting like their own mini like music video. Um, and, yeah. and some of the like <laughs> I like the score overall, but like, especially like the first two acts, like some of the score just felt a little uneven. Um, Like there's that one scene with Barry when he's saving Iris and everything and he's stealing hot dogs, but like Sarah McLawkin is like playing in the background. I was like, this just doesn't fit. Uh, (laughs) But overall, I did enjoy the score Uh, those extended scenes for the most part throughout the film just helped like better develop you know just the characters and like the action sequences and you got a better idea of how they actually like you know use their powers so i i really thought that like brought so much more to the table um than the like original theatrical cut so i mean especially like the end sequence like that whole final battle was such an upgrade I mean, the Justice League didn't feel like just, like, cannon fodder. Like, they were just, like, stalling for, like, Superman to show up. Like, everyone had their own little mission. You understood it. Like, there was, like, mini arcs, like, happening, like, you know, in that battle for each character where everyone felt important. Like, they all played a part, and there was actual, like, teamwork happening. Where, like, in, you know, Whedon's version, it was like they were just getting their asses handed to them by, like, uh, Whoop until Superman came and saved the day. It really, like left you with the feeling like they don't really need a Justice League, they just need Superman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cuz what the fuck did the Justice League even do? I mean Batman was so much less like suicidal also in this version. Like I don't know if you remember uh. like that original version, but like Batman was just like, okay, here's the plan whatever. I'm going to go and probably die, you know, but I'm going to take out a bunch of pair of demons in the meantime. Like he was like Doom and Gloom. So like I really like thought That whole, like, final act was such a huge improvement over the, you know, theatrical cut.
1: No, I think you got that right. I mean, with each character being able to have their own moment in that fight, when they got to team up, it made it so much better. You know, when you got to have all those individual moments and now seeing them team up and be the Justice League, you... It's it's just so much more rich. Especially
0: like the way they took out fucking Stefan Whoop was so badass. Like (laughs) you know, like his head rolling to the feet of Darkseid and that portal closing. Uh. I mean, you can't get better than that, man. And speaking of which, Darkseid. You know, we actually like got to see him and got to understand who this like, you know, entity that's name was only spoken once in, like, the original version, Uh (laughs) but we get to understand who he was and how powerful he was. The fact that, like, Wolf is groveling for his uh, approval and trying to, like, redeem himself to this, Mm -hmm. like, being tells you how powerful he is and how much he means, you know, to the DC universe. Like, if we got Snyder's cut originally in the theaters, it would have opened so many, you know, doors to, like, different possibilities of where you know this franchise would have been heading in the future
1: yeah especially since we got that vision with cyborg as well showing him using the anti-life equation and stuff like that like actually using the beams. Yes. um and then also getting that extra ending as well with uh batman in probably the injustice type yes universe. that was that was amazing <laughs> i was like
0: i need to see that film now um, what did uh-huh. you think of Jared Leto's uh, performance as the Joker?
1: You know, I, I thought it was kind of underperformed because I thought what they were saying was really good. I thought the words written were probably really well, but I didn't like how he you know, said it. I just I didn't feel it. I didn't I didn't get that like Joker, um, you know, satisfied with what he's doing type of like.
0: Vibe I was OK it. with it. I mean, I, I it was definitely more understated, but I think. The dialogue mm. itself was, you know, delivering and getting the point across of the character. I think it's more terrifying when he's a little more reserved. So, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was well done. And I love that whole, like, back and forth between him and Batman. I was like, I, I want more mm. of that. So, I don't know if we're going to get more of that. But I, I would have loved to see more <laughs> of
1: that. I was actually surprised that um, he kept the black suit on at the end
0: afterwards. I thought he would switch back to the red Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm surprised by that too. I'm not sure why that is, but, you know, I kind of figured, you know, after this mission was done and everything like that that he would go back to you know the the regular colors but but maybe it was just a choice to keep him in the black for a little longer since you know it's a novelty really i will say i was a little creeped out by the barry
1: scene um trying to save iris and stuff not not the not him saving in general but just like the way that they were staring at each other i don't know i it just felt super awkward and
0: weird <laughs> for me I, I get that that's his character yeah barry is very just, awkward and weird <laughs> So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the Flash's, like, action sequences, they did that Mm. ultra slow motion thing. And it it works on a certain level, but, like, when you overdo it, it just becomes, I don't know, just too much. And you start to kind of get annoyed, especially during, like, a four-hour film. Um, And then he's got the fucking goofy arm still, which I can't, (laughs) I can't handle, I don't know why he's running like that. Like his arms move like ahead of his body by like, you know, three feet. Um, It just, it seems like he's never run in his entire life. So hopefully whoever's doing like the choreography and action sequences for the upcoming Flash film, they change that drastically. Uh Like just watch Quicksilver in like the X-Men films. Like, give me that. (laughs) We don't need this weird, you know, I, I don't know, like this awkward kid running thing. That they've got going on. So,
1: like, there was maybe there'll be a montage or something in his movie where he
0: learned how to. <laughs> <run>. <laughs> um, there was an action sequence that I really enjoyed with the Flash, uh, the way that they were like, you know, displaying his like, you know, powers. Um, it was during the whole like, you know, Stephen Wolf like, you know, interrogates all the people who might know where the mother box is scene. Um, he's got mm-hmm. them all in that building. Um, the Flash is like saving hostages, and you know, he's just zooming, you know, across. And it was like, this is what it looks like real time. We don't, every time we see him use this, you know, Speed Force in the film, it's like through his perspective. Um, I, we don't really get to see it in real time and what it looks like that much. So I wish we just had more scenes like that.
1: Yeah, like, I thought he could have done a little bit more for that ending fight. I know he has to, like, you know, set up a charge and everything. But it would have been cool to have, like, at least a moment where he's zooming a little bit more. And we got that where he's just like, zoop, 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 he took out a bunch of them and then he starts running.
0: Yeah, you know? I mean, he is running. You do see him running and he does reverse time, Christian, and saves the day, pretty much. I mean, what do you want yes. from the guy? <laughs> he taps into the fucking Speed Forge,
1: Jesus. Uh, but was it? He's the fastest man in the world. Let, let him let him fight
0: a couple he, people, okay? He knocks a few paradigms out, doesn't he? Not enough, well enough. okay. <laughs> You'll get it in the Flash film, all right? Relax. But no, uh-huh. I understand what you're saying. Though. Like, because it felt like every time we saw him in action, it was pretty much in slow motion. So, and he had hmm. that bad case of the goofy arms, so I i don't know i don't know why they made that choice but it just drove me nuts after a little bit especially when you have like four hours of it so i mean it was glaring in joss whedon's version of the film also so
1: mm-hmm. but um i think they tried to explain it in an interview once where he was just like yeah that's just kind of like it's his way of running faster and i'm like it no does, it, it just doesn't come up. off that way at all
0: <laughs> But I did love that we got, like, a lot more of his backstory here. We got to see his relationship with his father Mm. and everything. You know, he got himself, like, a nice story arc. Because I remember in the first film, like, I enjoyed the character. But, like, my biggest gripe with that film was that we didn't get enough Flash. We didn't get enough Cyborg. They just kind of felt like they were there. Like, you know, it's like, I wanted to see more of these characters. Mm. But they're just, you know, why did you so, like, underutilize them in this film? Um, you know, this, this was definitely not the case with this movie. So, um, but yeah, it, you know,
1: especially for Cyborg. I mean, we got so much
0: with him. Yes. On this one.
1: You know, seeing his background more. Yes. And-
0: I mean, really his arc was kind of the heart of the story really. So, mm. I mean, it was such a big part of the movie. Um, you know, and I, I really enjoy that character. I hate the design of the character. <laughs> 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 like, I wasn't impressed with, like, how they updated the CGI and everything with them. It was definitely better than what we got with, um, you know, Joss Whedon's uh, cut. But at the same time, I was like, man, I understand you only have limited funds. But I-, I think it's just... I'm not a big fan of Snyder's, like, overall, like, character designs for the heroes. You know, I, I don't like uh, Flash's costume. I'm not a big fan of how Cyborg looks aquaman's okay wonder woman's fine um i don't like the weird texture suit for superman i've never been a big fan of that mm. and batman just looked like the fucking michelin man through this entire fucking film <laughs> and he just kept on getting bigger and bigger and i was hoping that was like a weeded uh-huh. problem but no that just seems to be like a problem you know that's happening throughout this movie in general so um, but yeah no I, I it's such a weird choice like to have him look so pillowy So I don't know if it was just some weird suit that they had him in for some reason, but it just didn't work for me. Um, Because, yeah, he definitely
1: doesn't look as big outside of the suit. So it's not like, you know, his muscles are anywhere near the, like, suit's definition.
0: No, no. So I wish they would have explained that because I don't feel like he looked like that in, like, Batman vs. Superman. He was still pretty chunky in that But not that chunky. Like, it felt like he kept on gaining weight throughout, Uh. like the entire (laughs) film like the entire duration of the movie uh did they show the like
1: dissipating energy armor that he had in the first version i can't remember
0: i don't believe so um we got a lot more alfred in this one too which Mm -hmm. i enjoyed a lot i don't feel like that was explained at all or even really used in the first one but i haven't seen the theatrical version since like you know literally three years ago when it was released so i kind of just like you know blocked it out i guess at this point so there are a lot of scenes where i was like was that in the original you know yeah (laughs) or (laughs) am i misremembering Because i think the last time i watched it was when
1: cartoon network did their release of it but i mean that was like over hours and Mm. a bunch of commercial breaks
0: (laughs) yeah speaking of like character designs i did think like Stephen wolf was an upgrade overall like i i've I'm not a huge fan of the way he looked in this film. Um, It's still way too busy for me, but comparatively speaking, definitely, you know, a better look. Oh, yeah. The face is way better in general. Yes, yes. A lot more expressive Mm. um, and just they gave him so much more to do instead of just being like a run of the mill, like generic bad guy for your big event film. So um, I I thought he did a really good job of like just fleshing that character out also. Another huge plus is that we had no stupid fucking Russian family subplot going on in this film.
1: Oh, yeah. So that was
0: such a huge waste of time last movie. Uh Like, I guess they were trying to show, like, what was happening to, like, you know, civilians on the ground to, like, I don't know, for the action to have more weight to it. But, man, that was a misfire. Uh, Do you remember, like, they were able to, like, keep the parademons, like, out of their house somehow? Like it, like it, by just barricading it, like I was like, they can't really break through these walls. Like it just
1: seems so
0: bizarre, uh-huh. and it just went nowhere, absolutely nowhere. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: now we we got a we got a throwaway line of it's an abandoned town, and that was it. Yeah, which was good enough for me. Uh, well, one scene that did actually take me by surprise was Martian Manhunter showing up at Lois Lane's door. I I didn't expect well, yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that character was in
0: Superman and Batman vs. Superman, I believe. Um, and Snyder come out and said that, you know, I can't think of his name, the military character. But uh, Snyder has come out and said that he's always been meant to be John. So it was kind of cool to see that scene. The scene at the end of the film felt a little tacked on, but... Yeah. It is what it is. It was a little
1: clunky in its animation, too. Like, his turning was
0: very weird when he started flying for me. See, I was more thrown off by, like, Ben Affleck weighing, like, 50 pounds less. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you look like Kevin Bacon all of a sudden. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) He aged, like, 20 years and lost, like, 30 Uh pounds. Uh, But, yeah, no. The whole scene just kind of felt, like, out of nowhere. It was like, Mm. by the way, people call me Martian Manhunter. I was like, okay. Yeah. See it Like, this is
1: your introduction to a human. Maybe don't call yourself a manhunter yeah. right off the bat, too. That's like, a good point. Especially Batman who, like, said he'd kill an alien just yes. like if there was 1% chance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like, Bruce is so accepting, too. Like, oh, okay, yeah. You could join the squad. I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, you're not even going to, like, vet this guy. Come on, Bruce. Right? You're a fucking detective, for crying out loud. Uh-huh. <laughs> maybe he
1: already knew that, that could have been, he's like, I know who you are. That should have been the answer, right?
0: <laughs> um, the fact that they just didn't leave the mother box after Superman was resurrected,
1: yes. you know, for the Parademons <laughs> to
0: just like run off with. That was huge to me because that drove me nuts in the first film. You know, they explained it with, you know, cyborg's dad taking it to the lab. I mean, I was like, okay, thank God. Cause I, for, at a, for a second, I was like, oh shit, they're, they're going to just leave it again. And then they made up for it right away. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. I also feel like Snyder just, I don't know, was able to develop a better chemistry between the team. You know, the mm-hmm. way that the heroes interacted and everything just felt more organic and natural, you know, a lot less haha. but I was fine with that. Um, they, it wasn't just like, they weren't there just for punchlines. You know, it, it made sense. They explained their plan actually. You know, I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. they're working together to figure this out. So when we finally get to that last battle, the whole, like, scene felt like it carried more weight, you know, and that these characters actually care about each other.
1: No, I agree. Like, in the original, there was this really, really awkward and bad argument between Wonder Woman and Batman um, in the middle of the film. And it really just, like, at that point, I was like, I, I can't imagine you guys ever being friends, teammates going forward, like, this... This just seems dead in the water. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I agree. So let's go back to the whole, like, Nightmare Premonition, because that was definitely one of my favorite, like, you know, scenes in the entire movie and really got, like, in my imagination going. Um, Would you like to see, like, a Zack Snyder sequel that takes place in that kind of, like, I don't know, Injustice, like, timeline where you're dealing with, like, this aftermath of Superman, like, losing his fucking shit after Lois dies. (laughs) I mean, it's very much like that Injustice video game, you know, storyline that they did, obviously with more of a Snyder tilt to it. But um, would you like to see that as, like, maybe not as a theatrical release, but as, like, an HBO Max special?
1: I mean, I'd be down to see it, especially, like, with the way it seems to be going. Like I like evil Superman. That's I'm totally into that. So I'd definitely like to see where he was going with that storyline. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean I, I don't I don't think it needs to happen, but I I definitely think it would be cool to see.
0: Do you think it's possibly something that we see play out like during the Flashpoint film?
1: Yes, I do think that's something that they could do if they wanted to incorporate elements of that in the Flashpoint thing. And then it fixes and goes back to normal or whatever they want to do going forward. Like maybe
0: we just get a a glimpse of it, you know, like maybe that's where everything kind of starts. And then that's why Flash is going back and trying to change time and he fucks everything up. I could definitely see them go that avenue, but I just kind of want an entire film in that reality (laughs) with an insane, grief-stricken Superman. It'd be like fucking WandaVision on crack. I just love the idea of that, like, ragtag team that Batman has, like, put together, Uh you know, with fucking, you know, Slade and, you know, Mera and Flash and Joker, you know, trying to work together, you know, against a fucking insane Superman. I I just, I I don't know. I want more of that, honestly. So, um, what... Those are definitely some personalities (laughs) you don't want in a group together. (laughs) (laughs) um what do you think happened to lois like do do you think like because in the injustice storyline from the video game it's the joker who ends up killing her right like in an explosion Hmm. or something and that's when superman loses his shit and like like pulls out his heart or something um like so obviously it's not the joker in this timeline so how did batman let her die
1: i don't know maybe maybe during a like he he thinks she's the key to saving everything so he dangles her in front of some type of danger maybe dark side
0: Uh and ends up getting her killed i could see that (laughs) um because there is that like quick vision that happens in the middle of the film where you do see superman like on his knees like holding a corpse yeah Mm -hmm. so that i'm guessing that was supposed to be lois
1: also there was a little moment where she opens up her drawer lois lane um and there's a pregnancy test in there uh, uh, and I feel like they wouldn't have showed that for no reason. Obviously, I maybe, maybe she's maybe she's pregnant. Oh, do you th- I don't know the timeline
0: wise, but <laughs> so do you think like too like she had like she was with child when she died, and that it pushed uh, Superman even like further over the edge. <laughs> uh huh. Because I mean, it, it's gotta take a lot for you know Kal El to like you know break like that. You know, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. he loves Lois, but to go completely fucking ballistic. Um, and just burn the entire world down. I mean, not that like losing Lois isn't enough, but like you add the wrinkle of her like being with child, I feel like that would definitely push you know Clark over the edge, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, you get the Superman who wants to burn the entire world down. Uh, But yeah, or at least like how in Injustice he's trying to
1: be the new ruler of the world. Like he wants everything in his image and honor and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, in this, it seems like he's working with Darkseid, though. Yes. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know if he's like, you know, Darkseid's new like Wolf, or, you know, he's just like, fuck it. You know, I want to see everything burn. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, it'd be a cool storyline to like really explore, but we'll see. I mean, if this is successful enough, I'm sure in a couple years, they'll be willing to go down that road.
1: I mean, the world's already on Twitter saying
0: sequel over and over again every time I pop on. So (laughs) it was definitely smart on Snyder's part to like include that scene at the end of the movie, because that really just leaves you wanting more. Exactly. Adding some job security there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christian, so what grade would you give
1: this film? Um, right now, I'm sitting on a B, a solid B. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I did think it dragged a bit for me. Like, I was a little bored at parts at the beginning just because of how much it was just hanging on everything over and over again. And I, plus, I, I knew how long <laughs> I was going to be sitting there. And I knew exactly where the storyline technically is supposed to go. So, I mean, yeah. It, it was all those types of elements on top of I me. Mean, maybe if I hadn't seen, you know, the Whedon version before, I might have even gotten more into this as I was watching. But knowing the few beats that I did know, it, it, it definitely didn't help that I had to sit there for so long and watch a close in zoom on like Barry's face for like fucking 10 minutes every, every time they want to show a new character. But
0: that's just me. So I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to, to be honest. I'm going to give this film a B plus. I thought it was really entertaining, and I love the fact that, you know, through, like, the sheer willpower of the fans, you know, an artist was able to get, like, his final vision out there, regardless of what the studio wanted. <laughs> Fuck the band.
1: Alita Battle Angel 2. <laughs> <laughs> Push for it, damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pissed will off at
0: Cameron right now. He re-released uh, Avatar just so he could be <laughs> fucking the Avengers again. Just absurd, man. But anyway, definitely check out Zack Snyder's Justice League. It is streaming right now on HBO Max. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. It's time for Christian's Corner.
1: Alright, this last week in gaming, we got some announcements coming out of the Square Enix Presents event. They start off the show with what looked to be their next big IP, Outriders. I was getting a lot of Destiny flashbacks when seeing its presentation. Um, This third person looter shooter um, has multiple classes, each with their own vast abilities called Anomalies. And while I did see the similarities with Destiny, I have to say, the world looks a bit more fleshed out, and I gotta be honest, a little bit more interesting. While I may not be a fan of the genre of game, I will be keeping my eye on this game uh, to see if it you know, ever pushes me into giving it a try. Outriders comes out very soon on April 1st to Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Celebrating Tomb Raider's 25th Anniversary, Square Enix announced Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. This trilogy was one of my favorites of the last last few years, and to see it all bundled together I definitely think this is a great opportunity for anyone who hasn't tried this more grounded version of the character. I highly recommend checking this out. They also stated that there would be more to come later this year about Laura and what they're planning on doing with their other games that are in production, so definitely keep an eye out on their socials and stuff like that. But the Survivor Trilogy is available now for only $19.99 for digital purchase on PlayStation The Xbox Store. But of course, for Square Enix, the big thing that they did announce was their biggest franchise, Life is Strange, and its new entry, True Colors. This is definitely the best looking entry into the series yet, um, with True Colors following Alex Chen with empathic abilities. Honestly, the graphics and the way the animation looked reminded me a lot of The Last of Us. Um, you know, maybe not as polished, but definitely looking even more high quality than the previous entries into the actual franchise. Um, this series has found success in telling beautiful narratives that you wouldn't typically see in gaming, and this one seems like it will be just as much of an emotional roller coaster as the past games. Will Alex find out the truth about what happened to her now deceased brother? You'll find out with the entire release on September 10th. And that's not the only thing that they announced for Life is Strange. A remaster of Life is Strange and Before the Storm is coming um, this fall with complete graphical updates. Um, It wasn't a super huge event. There were some things here and there. But, you know, Square Enix is showing what they can. And, you know, Life is Strange is a big franchise. So I wasn't too disappointed by this event. And we have so many events coming at this time can only imagine that they'll probably do another small one down the road if they choose. But just like I said, gaming events are coming more and more with tons of game announcements on the horizon, so stick right here with The Amazing Nerd Show as we break it all down for you, and also catch our live streams on Twitch as we play our most anticipated games live with you. This week in honor of the Snyder Cut, we switched gears and played all of Batman Telltale series catch the final two episodes or the replays of all the episodes this Saturday on our Twitch. We're also starting a new retro game in GTA San Andreas this Sunday. Next week of course we will be moving on to the second Batman of the Telltale series, The Enemy Within, and return to The Witcher 3 and continue playing on with GTA San Andreas as I imagine I will not finish all of that on Sunday. We do go live every Thursday through Sunday at 12 noon. Make sure to be following at Amazing Nerd Live for also our bonus streams that happen now and then. All right, now on to wrestling. Through the table. Dunder Rosa escaped the Death Valley driver attempt. Britt. No!
0: Oh my God! Oh One, two, no! I got you kicked out with thumbtacks in oh, her back. Thumbtacks. She about around cushion. Oh, a human pin cushion. All right, man. So on this week's Dynamite, we had pretty much an instant classic between Thunder Rosa and fucking Britt Baker. In my opinion, it was probably one of like Dynamite's best matches ever, honestly. So I don't know how you feel about it.
1: No, I think it was fucking phenomenal and it a great way to start off the first
0: women's main event in AEW. Right. They set the bar really high. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I like that. Like these lights out matches are becoming like AEW's like signature, like you know, grudge match mm. at this point. Um, I like to see them continue it. Uh, it, but like don't do it too often. It's got to be like every like you know like three or four months, you know, and it has to be for like a blood yes. feud. So, um, but no, it was really well done. I mean, both of them worked so hard, um, really just putting their bodies on the line. I mean, we got tacks, uh, you know, table spots, chair spots, just, I mean, great camera work too. I mean, we have to put over the production cause yes. we're usually shitting all over it, but they did a great <laughs> job, you know, making sure they captured everything. Um, you got tons of gifts floating around today. Um, but yeah, no, I think it made both wrestlers superstars. Honestly, uh, I don't I think they're going to have a problem like keeping Brit like heel at this point, though. I, I They're mm. lucky that they don't have much of a crowd right now, because if they did, I'm yeah. telling you, she's not going to get booed, especially if she ends up going against Sheeta, like that's it's just not happening, man. Like, so, um, you're going to have to have her out there, like cutting one hell of a heel promo to like turn the crowd. Cause I mean, this is like, you know, Mick Foley in the hell of the cell against Undertaker, like, you know, cause he was the heel technically then, but like the crowd Uh was cheering him. Like after that, like they had to turn him face right away. Um, pretty much. So, I mean, this is like stone cold versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. It's the same type deal. Uh, I have no doubt like if there was a big like you know crowd in attendance during that match like Britt would have gotten like a standing ovation as she left so and Thunder Rosa too Mm. but she was already you know she was already incredibly over at that
1: and like with Thunder Rosa it's still she's still an NWA talent right yeah
0: yeah. Yeah, she
1: is. I, I, I was saying, you know, if you have a way to steal her at this point,
0: <laughs> I think that'd be bad, Juju man. You can't fucking do that. Like after like they basically went her to you for over a year. <laughs> <laughs> but she's so good. I know. She's, but if they can work this out where she's doing mm-hmm. both shows, I mean, who cares? You know? Because obviously they have her under like some kind of like you know working agreement. So yeah. it is what it is. I mean, AEW runs once a week. You know, NWA, I'm sure it's the same. If not, like, they run, like, a couple times a month and just record a bunch of shows. So yeah. I don't know exactly how their format's working because they're just coming back at this point. But, I mean, think how happy at the NWA is right now. Like, how over they got Thunder Rosa, (laughs) you know, Uh when they weren't even fucking shooting shows for the past, like, how how long, you know, six months or longer, right?
1: I'm surprised Nick Aldis never showed up on AEW.
0: I am, too, especially since he has, like, a history with the guys, you know, being part of, you know, the the first all-in and everything. And you would think that he'd want to be on, like, Dynamite just promoting the NWA title when there's no like NWA show for the like the past year or so there was a rumor a couple weeks back when we saw like the seeds planted for a new faction forming with like FTR and Sean Spears that Nick Aldis might end up being like the leader of them but then of course we you know know what happened with MGF so you know ending up being you know, the, the new kingpin of that group. So, um, but at this point we know what ended up happening with MGF actually being, you know, the, the ringleader. So, um, but yeah, no, just once again, back to Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, amazing match. This was definitely like a big moment for AEW's like women's division and just for the show in general. I mean, you have two bona fide, like, superstars on your hands now, I feel like, with Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. So hopefully they're able to, like, capitalize on it. Because it was, I feel like it was, like, a, a turning point for both of their careers um, in a match that will be remembered for a long time. Um, and hopefully it means a lot for the women's division and they start getting more of yes. a spotlight on the show. Um you know, so I, I don't know what the rating was for their segment or anything like that. But I mean, it's definitely been the talk of the Internet, this, you know, today. So and hopefully it'll bring them a lot more viewers, you know, next week. Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to see it every week. Like I, like I said, it should be like the blow off to a big feud. Um, So I'm sure like the WWE women are really jealous right now. That the fact that they were able to get like color because if you think about it like Mm. you know like sasha and charlotte and becky and bailey like they've worked like hell in the cells and all these like you know crazy gimmick matches but they're not never allowed to like actually like you know blade or you know juice or whatever you want to call it you know just because of you know wwe being pg um because i mean they bust their asses too but i mean and you know, like, Charlotte <laughs> and Shasha probably wanted to. Oh, I'm sure. Cell. I'm sure they did. You mm. know, I'm sure they would all love to. I mean, look how much it meant to something about Bloodman. Like, it just ups the stakes <laughs> and everything. Like, that the moment with Becky Lynch the... when she mm-hmm. really got white hot. Um, when she got busted open by fucking Naya, of course. Um, you know, and she's standing <laughs> in the crowd fucking uh-huh. bleeding and, you know, um, all cocky taunting them you know that that was such a huge fucking moment i mean people are fucking painting murals of it so i i don't know man it just I, I can't imagine being an artist you know which i think wrestlers are and being so fucking like hindered uh by like wwe's like you know rules and everything it is what it is it's a pg product but it's got to mm-hmm. be rough when they're like forcing you to like wrestle all these gimmick matches and you're not allowed to like you know have them live up to their full potential
1: yeah i never asked um your opinion on this but what did you think about uh wwe mandating that the
0: slap of the thigh must go it's away? fucking ridiculous you know people have been stomping <laughs> in corners since the uh-huh. fucking eight- i mean since i was a kid watching wrestling so it's absurd that they're all sudden like keen in on the fucking slap And it's just a bunch of fucking old timers. And half of them have Mm -hmm. been slapping their thighs the entire time. Shawn Michaels has been (laughs) slapping his leg since the fucking late 80s. (laughs) So, but like, that's not the only sound effect that wrestlers do. Like, that's not like Mm -hmm. the stomping in the corner when they've got someone, you know, doing like the 10 counts, you know. um, Yeah. They're stomping. I remember as a kid, you know, noticing that and doing that with my friends while we're like wrestling in my living room. So it is what it is. Like why take away that something that adds so much, you know, to the match? Because it is glaring when you don't have that sound because we're so accustomed to it. We're like trained. Uh And it's going to be so (laughs) hard to reprogram your wrestlers not to do it. Uh, Drew this past week did one of his claymores without it and it was just bizarre that sound adds so much to uh-huh. the move <laughs> so
1: I can't even imagine yeah, that
0: right <laughs> just ridiculous
1: did it actually hit if there was no slap right. like what's come on?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know it, it's weird because it's all it, it adds to the illusion though it really mm-hmm. does so I don't know I don't know it, it's it's absurd but I really have to give AEW credit. Um, you know, these past two weeks, they've really, like, answered the call, especially after the huge botch at the end of the fucking death match yes. with, the, you know, the sparklers and everything. I mean, they didn't, like, put their head in the sand. Um, you know, they answered the challenge, you know, creatively by putting on two fantastic shows. I mean, both. Episodes of Dynamite were really booked like, you know, the Monday after WrestleMania, it felt like to me. Um, Just, like, resetting the table, starting so many new storylines, and just, like, you know, keeping a peak interest, you know, creatively in the show. So, I'm just as invested as I was, you know, before the pay-per-view. And they really haven't, like, lost a step. So, um, and it just shows you they keep on making new stars. And that's what like you know Britt and you know Thunder Rosa are. They're they're stars mm-hmm. now. And I, I would put them on the same level as like Hangman and you know Jungle Boy. I mean, you've got to look at them as like, you know, superstars, you know, for the brand.
1: No, oh, I absolutely agree. You know, AEW really showed that they can get back up after anything yeah, at this yeah. point. If they can put on it, keep just keep going at it, keep making better storylines. And we forgive yeah. you, you know, we forgive the 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 very lame sparklers and we move <laughs> on from it, you know.
0: <laughs> I feel like they've delivered with this match, which which they, they really had to, but you know, they, they showed everyone that, you know, they, you know, we we fucked up, but we're resilient and we're
1: gonna keep um, on. I think going. the only thing I didn't like about this week's episode in general was the Darby Allen moment where he goes out to pretty much do an open challenge, and then everyone ignores him to talk to Sting. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, no one cares, apparently. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> well, too, like, it was a little awkward, um, because he goes, I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to challenge, um, or in the name of the greatest um, TNT champion of all time, and he's, he he says Brody, but the crowd to me, clearly, is chanting Cody. Really? I was moment. hearing Brody. I don't know. I don't know, man. It sounded like <laughs> Cody to me. Also, there was a moment where like, he mentioned that he's only defended the title three times, and they mm. start to cheer. He's like, no, no, that's not a good thing. What are you... <laughs> I like that he corrected him all No, at least. I, I agree. I agree. Huh. And I like the fact that that title is going to be more, it seems like it's going to be like, you know, the working title where, you mm-hmm. know, they're going to be defending it on TV, you know, at least hopefully like two or three times a month. So, um, because that's, that's when it was at its best. It was when Cody was defending it like every fucking week. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And you got to see like so many different wrestlers, you know, get the spotlight Um, you know, so hopefully they do more of that with, uh, Darby. Uh, I don't think he's in for a long title run, honestly, just because I feel like he doesn't really need the belt. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like ends up like taking it off of him sooner than later, you know, maybe like Lance Archer or someone. So, uh, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Uh, let's see where else. Mm Uh, but yeah, speaking of that segment, I thought it was great seeing like Brian Cage basically turn babyface. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was really nicely done, like him giving respect to Sting and everything. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and then you got the obvious turn happening, you know, with like Miro and uh, Kip Sabian. Like that's happening probably next week in their tag yes. match. <laughs> um, I'm hoping that it just totally unleashes Miro as a monster. Now that seems like where they're headed at least. Um, But they're fucking, they're fucking stocked. Like (laughs) there's, they definitely need that other show at this point on TNT. Because they've just got too many people on the roster to really, like, serve everyone. I mean, they'll keep the product fresh because of it, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have a lot of guys just sitting around doing nothing at times. So, um, but I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, how Tony Khan, like, juggles all that talent. Um, i still need to go back and watch
1: um elevation from this week because i wanted to at least check it out see what big show sounds like on I, commentary. i and stuff.
0: actually watched it um it was oh, okay. pre- it was pretty good um you know you could tell big show was a little nervous but he was never really awkward or anything he just has to get his feet wet i think um you know he he has a lot of potential he's always been good on the mic um it felt like just another episode of dark though they did Damn. have a little angle between like uh omega and matt sidell matt ended up beating nakazawa to earn a match against kenny it was kind of a weird segment um kenny came out and blindsided him and tried to pin him quickly um and you know call that a match and then tony khan actually came on the screen and said no that's not fair um you know and then made the match for dynamite in a couple weeks so it's gonna be i think it's not a title match but if matt ends up pinning kenny he'll get a title match um in the future so
1: um i honestly think tony might become more of an on-screen
0: presence in the future he keeps in the, on the next couple of years. He keeps on saying that he's not going mm-hmm. to, but I think he secretly enjoys it. Especially, yeah. <laughs> you know, he might be getting the bug with doing all those like impact segments and everything, yes. those uh paid uh infomercials. So I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, but he's gonna have to get himself into some acting classes because he's a little awkward <laughs> right now. <laughs> he's a great booker. Uh. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I enjoy his product, but yeah, as a personality, like an on-camera personality, he needs a little work.
1: So. I don't mind Awkward Billionaire, as long as he has like a hype man or something with him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, oh, um, speaking of like people coming out with other people, whenever Penta has his translator with him, the translator needs to be a little bit more menacing with with how he's saying what penta says
0: because like it just i think that's supposed to be kind of the gimmick you think that is because I, yeah because I that's one of their announcers <laughs> he's not actually like penta's oh, okay. like translator he's uh, announcer he's their spanish announcer and he does like their uh after show and he does a bunch of like stuff on dark i believe gotcha so like he's an interviewer and shit like that <laughs> so it's a little weird That he's, you know, seems to be enjoying what Penta's Uh saying. So I don't know if he wants to end up being a manager or if that's the intent of, like, making him kind Uh of like a manager for Penta. But, I mean, why not? At least it allows, like, Penta to, like, you know, break through with, like, promos and everything. Hmm. So we got the follow-up after the big angle that ended uh, Dynamite last week uh, with Pinnacle. Uh, They basically came out and gave their mission statement. Uh, What did you think of the segment? MJF
1: does great promos, uh, but I I just need to see these guys do more action. And you see them working together. Uh, the the promo didn't do anything for me to hype them up in, in, in any...
0: For it was, me. I mean, I literally the second day that they were together, man. Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, <laughs> do something in the background. They destroyed, they,
0: they destroyed the inner circle.
1: Like. Okay, do it again. <laughs> they just yeah. took his office this week. I, I what, what? They weren't there. They put him out. They were selling I know, Well, okay, take someone else out or be in the match. Show oh, me some bad. teamwork. Just, just relax. <laughs> relax, Chief. <laughs> i enjoyed
0: it. i thought it was a great promo by mjf i would have liked to uh-huh. hear from the other guys a little more yes um but i was fine with it you know relax you're gonna see them in action plenty
1: i don't like Sp- spears blonde hair either but well, that's Whoa. just <laughs> <nippling.
0: laughs> now you're just being ridiculous <laughs> speaking of promos moxley and kingston are just fantastic together and have great chemistry uh-huh. <laughs> i could watch them all day Um, It was a pretty damn intense match between them and the Good Brothers. Um, It seems like, you know, they're using this kind of as a catalyst to, you know, further the whole Young Bucks storyline with the group, Um, Mm -hmm. which I'm totally fine with because I know Moxley is supposed to be leaving soon. Uh, But yeah, no, I I thought it was really well done. Um, I'm guessing we're probably going to get, a, you know, a Moxley and Young Bucks against, you know, uh, the Good Brothers and Omega, you know, sooner than later.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, at, at certain points, I wasn't sure if they were going to eventually, like, even after they pretty much said, no, we're not, you know, doing the, the hand symbol with you guys. I thought they might still rush in and, like, super kick Moxley at the end there. Like, they yeah. they waited, they held on that for a while.
0: Yeah. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> that was definitely on purpose, but Yeah. No, uh-huh. I, I have a feeling that, you know, they're going to end up turning on, you know, the Good Brothers and we're going to see a match somewhere down the line. Uh, The Good Brothers did recently lose their belts to uh, Finjuice. Oh, okay, Yeah. So uh, which is kind of odd because they're New Japan. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I'm sure they'll drop it back to them, you know, shortly. But um, it was a nice little wrinkle to the storyline. And we also have a title match to look forward to between uh, Omega and uh, Rich Swan. Uh, it'll be taking place on uh, uh, Rebellion on April twenty fourth, so that's a little over a month away. So um, I just have a strong feeling that Kenny's going to be walking away with both titles.
1: Yes, hopefully it's his first step of being the collector. Yeah. Do you think he heads over to New Japan at some point? I feel like New Japan's the final final goal, right? Like you. Yeah. Maybe maybe even have him go up against Nick Aldis
0: mm. for the uh, NWA title. Man, NWA is like giving them so much. Like, are they gonna really allow like Kenny to walk away with their title? That'd be a great feud, though. I'd love to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, I think those two different styles would you know really work well in the ring together. So
1: maybe um, if they had the match on NWA's show, it, mm-hmm. would,
0: it would work out better for them. No, no. I mean, you get you definitely got to hype it a little. I feel like mm-hmm. on. Um, on dynamite yeah i'd like to see rich swan actually show up on you know dynamite too i think it would help to put that match over more
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: and give like you know swan the spotlight to make him feel a little more legitimate at least to like you know dynamite fans you know people who just don't remember him as like you know the former like cruiserweight champion at wwe um because i feel like it'd just be a good showcase for him so and hype up the match more right exactly um i i I can picture a sneak attack
1: happening within the next month i can totally see that
0: yeah right um so yeah hopefully i yeah because there's not enough crossing over happening Mm. right now besides like the good brothers i feel like we need to see more like they're not completely like utilizing you know that partnership at this point
1: you know like with how much sammy callahan kept bringing up moxley you know when they started doing these crossover events i figured that one they might have that happen, have them tag for like a minute mm-hmm. on something, but
0: I don't know. I mean, it it sounds like Moxley is going to be taking a break yeah. shortly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe he fits it in. Um maybe they end up attacking the Good Brothers on impact, you know, him and Kingston show up. I could see mm-hmm. that happening. Or cool. e- or even the Bucks showing up, right? Yeah. So, um I th- I feel like that's eventually going to happen. I just feel like they haven't really explored all avenues like enough at this point. Um, because I almost I honestly I almost forget about like, you know, the whole invasion or whatever the hell you want to call it <laughs> <Yeah>. happening right <laughs> now. The Good Brothers just feels like they're part of like the AEW roster. Uh-huh. So I mean those guys are living the their best lives. Honestly. They they're uh-huh. like on everything. <laughs> they're eventually gonna be over on New Japan. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. So um uh, but yeah no. I just another great night But anyway, I was super impressed with this episode of Dynamite. Um, They're really, like, building momentum. I know the ratings aren't necessarily dictating that right now. But I feel like they're just, like, a couple, like, shows away from, like, completely, like, breaking through. And maybe, who knows, maybe it'll happen once, like, NXT moves to Tuesdays. Um, You know, maybe that's what it's going to take. Um, But, yeah, they keep on putting shows on, like, you know, this past week's, you know, episode – It's going to happen sooner than later. Well, that does it for this week. That's right. And as a friendly reminder, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, remember to subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review.
1: Exactly. It sure does help an independent podcast like ours continue to grow. And while you're at it, make sure to tell a
0: friend. Plus, if you like any of the stories we talked about on this week's episode, make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to catch the full articles, trailers, memes, and more.
1: That's right, you can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show on all social media platforms. And hey, if you're looking for extra content, make sure to catch our streams every weekend on Twitch,
0: plus YouTube videos Monday through Friday. Want to support the show further? You can head over to tpublic.com and get yourself some Amazing Nerd Show merch. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more. And if you post what you bought and tag us on social media, we'll send you some additional nerd swag if you live in the United States.
1: Well, all right, Damon, next week we're going to be talking Falcon
0: and the Winter Soldier's first episode. That's right. We're also going to be reviewing WWE's Fastlane. All right. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon.
1: And that was The Amazing Nerd Show.
0: Oh, wow. They just, they really just vanish. Huh? Oh, that's rude.